0: Hey, oh, happy day. Welcome to Sandals Church, where we are one church, but in many locations with a global audience. I'm Jeff, the online campus pastor, and I'm so glad that you all are here. Today, you have decided to hang out online or or maybe you said yes to the opportunity to be a part of one of our Sandals Church Anywhere locations. And since we're on the topic this weekend, we are launching another Sandals Church Anywhere. And where are we going? Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Come on, do a drum roll with me. Sandals Church Anywhere San Diego. Let's give it up to The Sims for launching a Sandals Church Anywhere in one of our biggest online hotspots. A few months ago, they contacted us and decided to move from being online viewers to offering an opportunity for others in their community to have church with others right in their home. They asked and we brought the Sandals Church experience right to them. If you would like that same opportunity, you can go to sandalschurch.com anywhere. Wherever you are today, I want you to know that you are being thought of and I want to know you. If this is your first time checking us out, let us know in the chat, or please go to sandalschurch.com next so that I or someone from our team can reach out to you. Today, after the message, we will be sharing in communion together. This means that all of us around the world will be taking communion in different places, but spiritually connected through this experience, powered by the Holy Spirit. So make sure you and the people that might be with you have something to eat, like a piece of bread or a cracker, or maybe something to drink, like water or or juice. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you have or what you use. What matters is what it represents. So make sure you grab those now and be ready after the message so that we all can participate together. The vision of Santos Church is to be real. Real with ourselves, God, and others. And I want to let you know that our services here online, as well as our in-person campuses, have been reaching over 19,000 people each week. That's 19,000 opportunities for people to become real and to further their relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, I would love to show you a picture and share the actual name of a man I met over Zoom early this year, but for him and his family's safety, I cannot. So you're gonna have to just trust your pastor that the story is true. But on that call, he told me how he was a drug lord and he had been so for years. One day, he was randomly watching videos on YouTube and found one of our services. He heard the message from Pastor Matt that changed his life and he turned his whole life around. And now he is out of the drug world with a family. He has a family now and then he has a wife and he continues to watch St. Old Church online are you kidding me? This, this is the power of what our services in person and online can do. This ex-drug lord could still be in that world, but instead, thanks to you, those of you who give, is he's one of our 19,000 people who have found a new future. Thank you so much for giving. If you want to join in helping people like him, you can give on the app or you can go to give.sc. We are praying that this message from Pastor Matt will reach people all over the world so that their life can be changed for Christ. And here is our lead pastor, Pastor Matt Brown.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. I wanna welcome everybody to sandalschurch.tv that's watching literally from around the world and all of our sandals anywhere. Just people, I love you, I'm praying for you. And man, I feel like God has a word for you today. I was listening to the radio this week and I was listening to an interview with the top psychiatrist in America. And what she was saying is over the last 60 weeks, think about that, for 60 weeks, Americans have gone through the most mentally grueling period of time since World War II. For 60 weeks, we've all been avoiding the boogeyman, praying and hoping that somehow we can avoid an invisible enemy. And what we're seeing, not just in America, but across the globe, is people are having these outbursts of anger, outbursts of rage, inappropriate reactions. This week on YouTube, I watched a woman punch a stewardess in the face, broke her nose and knocked out her teeth in a dispute over whether or not you get pretzels or peanuts, amen? I mean, I have an opinion, but I've never thought about, you know, the way to solve this is to punch somebody in the face. But that's what happens when we're suppressing and we're pushing this down. Now, many of you have dealt with anxiety in your life. Some of you have dealt with it for the first time. I'm guessing that all of us at some point are gonna deal with it in the future. And so if this isn't you today, would you just pray and say, God, who needs to hear this message? Who do I need to share this with? Because a big part of why so many of us are struggling with anxiety is we're not certain with what we're supposed to do. And we're gonna end today with a strong call of what God thinks you're supposed to be doing with your life. And I believe that's gonna alleviate your anxiety and it's gonna help somebody in the midst of theirs. So we're gonna look at a really, really important uh, set of verses today for our church. When I read through these verses uh, 25 years ago when I was thinking about starting a church, I came across these words, and for some of you, you're going to hear them for the first time, but when I really began to listen to these and pray about these, I thought, man, this is, this is what I want my life to be about. This is what I want my church to be about. And these verses, think about this, is where the name Sandals Church comes from right here in the middle of Romans 10. So Paul wrote this letter to a group of people who have been dead for 2,000 years, and yet these words have given us mission and purpose today, and I believe can relieve you from so much of the anxiety that you're overwhelmed with. So the apostle Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Listen to what he says. For it is with the heart that one believes and is justified. And it's with the mouth that one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, for everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches upon all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now stop, that's good news. Here's the challenge. How will they call on him whom they've not believed? How are they gonna believe in him and whom they've never heard? And how are they gonna hear without someone preaching? And how are they gonna preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news but they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the prophet, the Lord, Lord, who has believed? Who has has heard from us? And here's what Paul says. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I wanna pray for you right now that no matter what you're going through, whether you're anxious about your marriage, your kids, your work, your health, I wanna pray that right now the Holy Spirit, the words of Christ would speak to you and God would begin to touch your anxiety. And he would begin to minimize it and maybe man praise God today would have a miracle and God would heal it. But in order for that to happen, we need to to ask God, God, would you touch my anxiety? God, would you touch my fear? God, would you step into my worry with me? And I believe the Lord will begin to work on your life and mine right now as we talk about the word of God. So let's pray, Lord God, we ask you right now, some of us are so frustrated. We've, we've talked to psychiatrists and therapists. We've, God, we've, we've tried medicine. God, some of us have tried drugs. We, we've tried hobbies. We've tried vacations. God, we've tried so many things, and the reality is we are stuck and overwhelmed in our anxiety. Holy Spirit, we invite you, the great doctor, the great counselor, the great helper, Lord, to inhabit this place and work on our hearts and begin to alleviate the pain and anguish of anxiety. Holy Spirit, unleash your healing and your love on us today. Use my words, borrow my mouth, and speak your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So how does God deal with my anxiety, okay? Some of you have never dealt with anxiety. I've dealt with anxiety, and for me, it came out of nowhere. I would not describe myself as an anxious person. But in my mid-30s, for the first time, right after 9-11, I was about ready to get on an airplane, never had a panic attack before, never never had any idea at all of what anxiety was or what it could do, and it slammed me. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. Nope, turns out, just panicking, just panicking. And it derailed really what God wanted me to do. For the first time in my life, I was gonna go to Africa and I missed my flight because that's what anxiety does. Anxiety keeps you from doing what God's called you to. So how does God heal my anxiety? God heals my anxiety, listen to this very carefully, by dealing with my heart. You see, here's the problem. When you go to doctors and counselors, we in modern medicine, we treat anxiety by dealing with the mind, right? We think the problem's between your ears. What are you thinking about? What's going on in your mind? Our thoughts are racing. But listen to what Isaiah says. Isaiah 35, four, this is thousands of years ago before there was ever a counselor, before there was ever Xanax, right? Before there was ever therapy, okay? You know, before there were ever support animals, amen? Right, thousands of years before that, Isaiah says this, say to those who have an anxious heart. Isn't that interesting that God thousands of years ago connected your anxiety to, to the organ right in the center of your chest that pumps your blood? Now I don't know about you guys, but my heart is usually aware of my anxiousness before I am. I will be awakened in the middle of the night in a dead sound sleep with a racing heart. And my heart says, I can't deal with this anymore. I'll wake up two, three in the morning out of breath, exhausted, sweating, and my heart is racing because everything I stuffed during the day came awake when I went to sleep at night. Listen to me. The healing of God must always start with the heart. Always. Psalms 139, 23 connects the brain and the heart perfectly. Listen to what it says. It says, Search me, O God. Okay, that's what counseling is. Some of us don't even know why we're anxious. Like, I got a good marriage. I got a good job. I, I, I love my kids. I love my church. Why am I freaking out? Here's your prayer Psalms 139, 23 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. I think one of the things that's the, that's the most debilitating about, debilitating about anxiety is we're not always, always certain what we're anxious about. You know, it's like this unwelcome visitor. It just comes from nowhere. And it comes at the most inopportune times in the, midst, in the most inopportune ways. And it just overwhelms us. Listen to the, the good news of the gospel. Listen to Romans 10. If God wants to change your life, where does God start? Romans 10, 10, for it is the heart. If it is with the heart that one believes and is justified. If God's gonna make you right, he's gotta make you right in your heart. And here's why. God starts not with the head, he starts with the heart because listen to me, the heart lies to the head. It does. So many of you, the reason you continue to be overwhelmed with anxiety is your heart keeps telling you something else will satisfy. Your heart keeps leading you down the wrong road. Well, if I'm just married, then I won't be anxious. Man, marriage will make you more anxious. I just know if we have a child, I'll be less anxious. Okay, listen to me, single people with no children. Kids have one mission every day and that's to die and your job's to stop them. And they're mad at you for thwarting their desires. (laughs) Why can't I run with a knife? Man, the heart lies, right? It lies. Here's what Jeremiah says. The heart is deceitful above all things. And it's desperately sick. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? Okay, this month in June is love is love month. And so, to my LGBTQ plus friends that are watching, I love you. But here's what we here's the controversy we create on earth: is we say it's about who we love. God says it's about how we love. That's the problem. Some of my greatest anxieties on earth come from the people I love. I'm not super anxious about people I don't care about. Anybody in here? Like, yeah, they can die. Whatever. Pray for me. I need Jesus. But here's what I find, the more you matter to me, the more anxiety I I find in me because of you. Man, like I love my kids and, and the anxiety is because of my love for them because their future matters to me. My family, my friends, my church. The problem is not who we love, it's how we love. And the heart keeps lying. The the heart keeps saying, no, we'll do it again. We'll do it with someone else. We'll love a different person. We'll get, you know, we'll go over here. We'll go over there. And God says, no, 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 no. The problem is not the direction of your love. Your problem is actually your heart. You don't know how to love. And I want to change that. You see, here's what the heart says. The heart says, I need a new relationship. I was listening to a radio show this week and I'm not exactly sure what happened. I don't typically listen to the radio anymore because I find it makes my anxiety go up. And so there was just a random accident. My phone wasn't working. I couldn't get my podcast to, to run in my car. And so I was listening to the radio and I was listening to the expert on all things in, in, in regards to love, Ryan Seacrest, right? Okay, I don't know how it ended up on him. If you don't know who Ryan Seacrest is, you know, he is he's a serious expert on love who I don't think has ever been married, right? But he, he's all knowing. And, and he was talking about the fact that all relationships just run their course and you just run out of love and need to move on to someone else. And you see, the problem is, Ryan Seacrest, and if you're listening, I love you, but you need to start listening to the one who created love and that's God and not your heart. That's who destroys love. You see, the heart says, I need a new relationship. God says, you need a new heart. And so we keep jumping from relationship to relationship. And to so many of you, you're looking for that perfect lover. I heard somebody say this week, For people who jump in and out of bed, no matter how many partners you have, in the end, multiple sex partners just means you end up sleeping with yourself over and over and over again. You see, the world says a multiplicity of sex partners is where you find love. God says, no, no, no. It's in a lifelong, committed, covenantal relationship that I bless. That's where you find love. So the heart says, I need a new relationship. And we all do that, right? We all do that. Man, I mean, isn't it amazing how quick the heart can flip? My wife said to me this week, she said, hey, let's, let's go shopping together. I was like, what could go wrong? We were in the car five minutes. I couldn't wait to get out of the car. I didn't wanna be with her. I don't even know if I loved her in that moment, man. She's like, she's like well, do you wanna come into the store with me? I'm like, nope. She's like, do you want your phone? Nope, I just wanna sit in here and die. Our heart's crazy, right? And what was I guilty of? Trying to help. It happens, right? And we just, we, we interact and things get really, really difficult. And your heart lies and says, you know what? You need to be treated special. You need someone who sees you for you. We're going to get to that in a minute. The heart says, I need a new job. I need a new job. Man, these people are crazy. Who would I work with? Man, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys, amen? (laughs) I need a new job. Like you ever go to work and you just look around, what What did I do wrong? (laughs) Isn't that funny? And we're always so convinced the next job's gonna make us happy, the next promotion's gonna make us happy, the next raise, once I reach that level, then I'll be happy. That's because you're listening to your heart. And the heart never says, I'm sorry, I lied. The heart keeps, keeps redirecting the new truth. The heart says, I need a new house. Well, I gotta work at home now. I need to live like a king. Sleep on a king sized bed, amen? You're not a king, but you got a king sized bed. Gotta have new rooms. I have to have a room in case we have a guest. You've never had a guest in your life. No one's ever been to your house. We, just in case, randomly, a stranger, an angel from heaven is walking down the street and they need a place to stay. We look at our house. You're sitting at home. You're supposed to be working. You're on Zillow. Hmm, I could, yeah, I could afford that. I need a new house. I need a new couch. I need a new car. And we, we just constantly, because we're so anxious, we just keep buying and buying and buying. And then we're anxious because of everything we bought. I mean, why is it that you look at your credit card bill at the end of the month and you're surprised? <gasps> did we, you know, did we, were we robbed? No, we were anxious. <laughs> the heart says this, I need new friends. I need cooler friends, more popular friends. And we're never satisfied with the people God's given us and we're constantly looking for something else because the heart says, if I just had the right friend, I'd be happy, I'd be calm, I'd be okay. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been in the same church for 23 years. I've seen people come, go, leave, come, go, leave, come. I mean, like I watched the circle, man. And so many of you say, well, I just need a new church. You say, well, you know, i I'm, you know, and maybe, and maybe God, God is calling you to do a new church, but, but a lot of times people say, you know, I just, I, I don't get anything anymore out of Pastor Matt's message. Maybe the problem's not the message. Maybe, maybe the problem is the receiver. I don't look at God's word and say, you know what? I, I, I don't, I'm not getting get anything out of God's word anymore. There must be something wrong with God's word. You see, we say I need new friends. We say I need a new church. God says you need a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. So many people today, they want everything in their life to change. And they're unwilling to allow God to change the very thing that will change everything in their life. He says, I'm going to remove the heart of stone, heart of stone. You want to know why I get critical of my wife when my heart gets hard? You want to know why I get critical of my kids? My heart gets hard. You want to know why I get critical of my friends? My heart gets hard. You want to know why I get critical of my church? My heart gets hard. And I need to have a heart like Jesus, who when he was dying on the cross, you know what he said to the people who were crucifying? He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You see, Jesus had the right kind of heart and that's the heart that he wants to give us. And I will remove your heart of stone and from you, you were gonna receive a heart of flesh and I'm gonna give you this new heart and it's gonna bless your life. Listen to me, you don't need to run away from your life. You need to run to Jesus for a new heart, for a new heart. And I just would ask the Holy Spirit right now to say, God, what is it that my heart is keeps longing for, keeps desiring that ultimately you know won't satisfy me? That's why we're so anxious. We keep running back to the same old things. We keep going back to the same old ways. We know it didn't work before, but we think this time it will be different. And why? That's because the heart lies. And that's why the mind's going crazy. Number two, God heals my anxiety with his security. There's a direct relationship in your life and mine between insecurity and anxiety. They're directly connected. Anxiety is a physical manifestation of not feeling safe or secure, okay? So when I don't feel safe and secure in my relationships, I'm anxious. When I don't feel safe and secure at my job, I feel anxious. When I don't feel safe and secure in the world, I feel anxious. And constantly, over and over again, we are bombarded with these these reminders that life's not safe. You're insecure. Be, you know, stay at home. Don't go out. Wear a mask. Wear two masks. Wear three masks. You know. Like I saw somebody at the store, like c- completely self-contained oxygen tank. I was like, well, what happens if you run out of oxygen in that thing? How do you get it off? Yeah. What happened? It wasn't COVID. They just ran out of you know oxygen. I, People are just just going crazy because we're constantly being told in the news and the media and by politicians, it's not safe. We feel insecure and we're being scared to death every day. Romans 10, 11 through 13, for the scripture says, listen to this, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for it is the same Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. Listen to these words. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now let's talk about that word saved. And then we can talk about why we don't share the gospel. The word saved in the Greek is sozo. Okay, if you wanna write it down in English, S-O-Z-O, sozo. In the Greek, it means physical, spiritual and emotional healing. Jesus wants to heal everything about you. He doesn't just wanna save your soul. He wants to save your emotions. He doesn't wanna save your emotions. He wants to save your physical body. He wants to bring complete healing to you. That's why he said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and give you rest. Jesus is saying, if you're tired of Xanax, try me. Give me a shot. Sozo is the healing of the mind, body, and soul. And so here's the problem today. When you go to the doctor, In medicine, everything is biological. You are a machine and they're trying to to, to calculate literally, you know, everything inside you to make sure that they can get your hormones right or they can get your chemicals right. They see you as a machine and they're trying to tinker with that and get it right. But as religious people, let's not just put the doctors down. We think everything's spiritual. You know, you got a broken leg, let me pray for you. Oh, and we can go to the doctor. You see, listen to me. If you're a doctor and you're listening, there are some things that you can't fix because they're spiritual. You can't write a prescription for a soul. But listen to me, church. Sometimes people need to work through emotions. They need to get with a professional to begin to unpack what it is that they're so anxious about. And what we need is each other. We don't need to say, well, it's just either medicine or ministry it's both it's both so god secures me listen listen to how he secures me so anxiety is the result of insecurity god secures me by covering me with his love why on earth would he want to cover us what's wrong with me that needs to be covered you see here's one of the great problems of modern society listen to this romans 10 11, for the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame I hear Christian teachers, writers, authors, pastors talk about how we need to completely ignore shame. We never need to talk about shame. And they make this big deal about how shame is not something that we should ever experience or ever feel. Listen to me, the word shame occurs in the Bible 153 times. Apparently, God thinks we need to deal with shame. Listen to me, everybody's ashamed of something, everybody. It was my birthday this week and my wife was really sweet. So she brought me coffee in bed. Man, there's nothing greater than that, man, right? She brings me coffee in bed, and because I'm a knucklehead, I spill it all over the sheets. Right, I spill hot coffee all over the sheets. Woo, you know, we gotta jump up, and we gotta rip off the covers. Now, I've been married to Tammy for 25 years. There's not a lot that embarrasses me, okay? There's not, we've, we've had some experiences. We've been on the mission field together. You know, we've had intentional bowel movements and unintentional bowel movements. We've, we've had a lot of things. Okay, like we've raised children together, man. I mean, there's nothing grosser than that, right? So Tammy says, oh, we got to change the sheets. We, we, we pull back the covers and all I see is where I sleep and I go, good God, and I want to put the covers right back on because apparently I drool maple syrup. I mean, <laughs> like apparently when I go to sleep at night, it's just like, you know, sap is coming right out of my mouth. And some of you might sweat, sweat, but I sweat like Guinness beer. I mean, (laughs) this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And I just look at her, I'm like totally embarrassed and ashamed, I'm like, I think maybe we need a new mattress. Like, (laughs) like that's gross. And so what do we do with mattresses? Listen to me, we cover them. Cause you don't want to see what you're really like. You know what a mattress is? Honest. This is what you did. (laughs) The mattress may be the most authentic piece of furniture you have in your house. And if you're not ready to look at the mattress, just pull off the pillowcase. That's where you put your head every night. Oh, for some of you, it would be more hygienic to cuddle up with a possum, okay? Than to cuddle up with your pillow, right? But why do we cover mattresses? Because we're gross. We're gross. You know, and some people say, well, you should get a new mattress every five to 10 years. We may need a new mattress every evening. (laughs) And so what we do is we cover what we're embarrassed of. And so here's what modern society has done. We cover shame, we cover shame, we cover shame, but we never deal with shame. Here's why your neighbors, your friend, your family, here's why your kids need Jesus, because only Jesus can deal with shame. You see, everybody's ashamed of something. That's why everybody needs Jesus. Listen to these words. All who call upon the name of the Lord will not be put to shame. The only thing that can cover what we're insecure about, what we're afraid that somebody's gonna find out about us, the only thing that can fix the very core of our insecurity is Jesus. That's it. And we can go to counseling all day long. We can go to self-help groups all day long. We can do yoga. We can go on spiritual retreats. We can hum and yom, and we can do all kinds of things. But if we don't cover that which we know deep down inside something's wrong, we're going to struggle our whole life. And listen to me, parents, those of you who are raising teenagers, this is what happens when your when you're, when you're sweet, loving, beautiful, amazing kid hits puberty. They become very, very aware that there's something wrong. And so we lie to them. And we say, nothing's wrong. You're perfect. That's not helpful. Jesus is perfect. And what's wrong with them is not their nose, their ears, or their weight, or their height, or their width. What's wrong with them is there a sinner and they just become very, very aware that there's something not right. And that's why young people today need the gospel. And we don't help them by telling them they shouldn't feel ashamed. Cause then all we do is we make them feel guilty for the spiritual re- reality that they live in every day. So God secures me by covering me with his love. He doesn't say you're perfect, he says I'm perfect and he covers you. Next, God secures me by giving me his peace. I want to challenge you to read through this passage after I'm done preaching it and just circle every time these words occur, all who call, all who call, all who call. You're gonna see the word call over and over and over again because one of the primary ways that God heals your anxiety is when you stop trying to fix it yourself and you call upon him. Philippians four, six and seven is how to call. Some of you know how to use your cell phone. Some of you know how to use your computer. You don't know how to dial heaven. Philippians four, six says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation in parenting and singleness in marriage in divorce, when I've lost my job, when I find out I have cancer, when I've been betrayed by a best friend, in every situation, by prayer and petition. You know what that means? Sometimes we gotta talk to God about it more than once. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, listen to this, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Medicine wants to deal with your mind. Counseling deals with your heart. Jesus wants to deal with both. He wants to deal with both, bring him to God. And some of you say, well, I don't hear God talk. I cry out all day long. I cry and I call and I don't hear God say anything back. Let me tell you something. One of the things that God wants to teach you is it's not his words that comfort you, it's his presence. The peace of God is the ministry of presence. Tammy and I were watching a famous pastor who was on a TV show this week, and he was talking about the most horrific time in his life when he lost a child. He lost a child. And here's what he said the bigger the problem, the less words you use. When someone's life has just been destroyed, he said, You show up and shut up. Somebody like, God, I don't know what to say. And the Lord's, I know, shut up. Just be there, just be there. You see, that's what the Lord does. He's gonna get you through it by going through it with you. That's why we thank God. That's why we thank God. When I was a kid, we used to go to a church member's house and they had this um, picture on the wall. Some of you probably seen it. It's one of the most famous paintings and it's not as famous anymore or pictures anymore, but it's called Footprints. And it's these footprints in the sand. And the poem or the writing says, Lord, I don't understand. When I went through the most difficult parts of my life, there's just one set of footprints, where were you? And God says, it was in those moments that I carried you. Listen to me, God is closer to you than your anxiety is. And what anxiety is driven by is what you're afraid of. The way God heals us of our anxiety is what we know. He's with us. He will never leave us. Even if heaven and earth passes away, God is with you. Next. Next. God secures me, right? So, so anxiety is insecurity. How does God secure me? God secures me by protecting my future. Man, if you're not worried about the future, you probably don't have kids. I mean, I, I just constantly think about the world that my kids are growing up in. And for those of you who have little kids, I, I just, I'm like, I mean, honestly, I'm like, thank God I'm not you, right? Cause I mean, I am just like, that's even scarier. Cause I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like 10 or 15 years from now. The world's not getting better. But listen to me, some of us as parents, we're anxious because we're trying to protect our children from the world. I want you to know that Jesus hasn't called you to protect your children from the world. He's called you to teach them with his presence and power how to overcome the world. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. When I call for God's help, I've already won. I've already won, saved so-so, saved physically, saved spiritually, saved emotionally. Jesus, I need your help. I can't, I can't regulate my emotions, they're all over the place. Jesus, I, I, I can't deal with this cancer. I need your help, I need your healing. Jesus, I'm separated from God, I know that I'm a sinner. I need to be saved, I can call upon his name. I can call upon the name of the Lord and I will be saved. I was at the gym last week and uh, I was doing calves. Anybody ever work out calves? Okay, ladies, that's why guys, they look, they look all big. And you know, big chest, itty bitty calves. Because calves hurt. And I was doing calves and I was right in the middle of my calf workout, and I'm doing this, doing this, doing this, and I step off the machine. I step off, and I stumble right into this gal's face. Ba-boom! She's right there. She's all sweaty. She's been working out. I don't know her. I've never seen her before, and I look right into her eyes, and I can tell this is a God moment. And she says, right in the middle of a gym, right in front of, you know, all kinds of people there, she says, are you Pastor Matt? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think I look the same on camera as in person, but some people are confused. <laughs> she says, are you Pastor Matt? And I said, yes. And she just starts crying and she apologizes. I said, don't ever apologize for needing God's help. What do you need? And she just said, I'm going through a divorce. She put her head down. She said, I have a one-year-old kid She said, what do I do? And you know what we did? We prayed right there in front of the gym. In the gym, we prayed right there. You know what everybody did? They're just kind of, ooh, Because even atheists knew something was happening. Never be ashamed. Never be embarrassed to call upon the name of the Lord. Stuffing it won't save you, calling upon Jesus' will. When I make a decision to receive Jesus, my future is secure. But here we go, last point. How God heals my anxiety? God heals my anxiety by refocusing my life. 1 Corinthians 7.32 says this, I want you to be free from anxieties. How many of you guys wanna be free from anxiety, right? Yeah, me too, Paul, thanks a lot. Everybody wants to be free from anxiety. Nobody knows how to be free from anxiety. Okay, again, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not your doctor. But I'm here to tell you, as somebody who struggles with anxiety, anxiety comes largely from being overly self-focused. So what happens, introverts? You go to a party. You didn't want to go to the party. You're married to an extrovert. She made you go. You go to the party, what happens? You go to the party and automatically you begin to look at yourself. People are looking at me, I don't look right. I'm not gonna say something right. I'm gonna say something stupid. I'm gonna go over and stand in the corner and pray to God this party is over. Maybe I'll get lucky and there'll be a fire, amen? (laughs) Listen to me, parties are awful. They're awful, and do you know why? Because when you walk into a party, you're instantly judged, and you are instantly valued based upon your rank. Are you popular? Are you social? Are you smart? Are you beautiful? That's why we're anxious. That's why we're nervous. Every single one of us we walk into a party, here we go. (laughs) Okay, some of you think people drink at parties to have fun. I think people drink at parties to survive parties. That's why I think I would rather vomit and almost die <laughs> than go through this. So if you're an introvert, you're like, oh my gosh, people are staring at me. I'm awkward. I'm weird. I'm not going to say the right thing. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to interact. You know? I mean, you're a vegetarian eating a hot dog. You're like, oh, I don't know. What's happening? I don't know. But if you're an extrovert, right? So, so introverts, we panic and we go within. Extroverts, we just get nuts. Like I go into a party, my wife's okay, now listen, I, you can be funny, but don't be too funny. You can be loud, but don't do, be too loud. You know, my wife's afraid I'm gonna be on the top of the roof, you know, woo <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. God heals me of my anxiety by taking my focus off me. Listen to me, introverts. You wanna get through a party, stop worrying about yourself. And let Jesus redirect you to actually caring about other people at the party. Look, every single week, I go through this anxiety-ridden process of having to come up with a message. I don't know if you guys know this, but I talk to the same people like every week. Can you imagine something more horrifically anxiety inducing than that? Like, I don't care who the comedian is. If you watch him or her every week, you're like, yeah, that was funny last week. I need some new material. And I go through this process where I I worry about what I'm gonna say. I worry about how I'm gonna dress. I'm worried about if anybody's gonna show up. Sandals Church has like 30,000 people and I'm worried. Is anyone coming this week? They've been coming every week for like almost 25 years. But this week could be the week where it all goes down. And then I have to get to the process where the Lord reminds me, it's not about you. It's about what the people need to hear from me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, okay. This happens every week, every week. Jesus is like, give him time. He'll figure it out. So here's the problem, why you're so anxious and you're so overwhelmed with yourself. Listen, how how will they call upon him whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? You see, I preach, you send me. We do this together. The reason so many of you are anxious about church is you've made it all about yourself. And if it's all about you, it's not at all about God. So what does God do with an anxious, insecure, shameful person? He refocuses their life off themselves and on to reaching others. And he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Some of you know this, that the most embarrassing thing about my life was my feet. I was embarrassed. I was a soccer player. I had toe fungus that looked like it belonged on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I wanted to be a part of a church where people could see the very worst of me and still love me. How did God do that? He called me to preach. He called me to surround myself with people who sent me and he took ugly feet And he said, how beautiful are the feet of Matt Brown, who brings good news. You see, what God does so masterfully is he takes the attention off us and he puts it on the news. Why are people so anxious today? Because they're listening to the wrong news. And why are people listening to the wrong news? Because you don't share the good news. How can, how can they believe in whom they've not heard? How can they believe in some, unless someone preaches? How can someone preach unless they're sent? You see, God's called us to reorient our lives, to refocus my life off myself and onto his mission. Let me tell you why COVID has been so terrible, because we've been told to do nothing for 60 weeks. God has been telling us what to do for 2,000 years. You're like, no, no, Lord, I'm gonna listen to my heart. I'm gonna follow this. I'm gonna follow my heart. I'm gonna follow my passions. I'm gonna follow my career. I'm gonna follow my friends. And Jesus is like, why don't you give me a shot? Why don't you follow me? Jesus wants to refocus your life today to do three things. Number one, ensuring the good news is preached. God has ordained it. He has called the church to be the, fil- the, to be the pillar and the foundation of truth. This is the church's job. We proclaim the gospel. The gospel doesn't just save souls. It saves emotions. It saves literally uh, us from unhealth and living a life that will tear us apart. The gospel changes people's lives at every level of their life. It's not just about getting people to heaven. It's about getting people out of hell on earth. We are called to work together. It's why we give, it's why we serve, it's why we come together to preach the good news because they cannot believe in whom they have not heard. That's our job. God's given us purpose. And next, we are called to ensure that the children of God are taught. Let me tell you something, those of you who are worried about the future. Listen, I I want all my political woke friends to wake up The future gets worse and worse as our children know less and less about God. You wonder why they're immoral? You wonder why they're lost? Because it's our job to ensure that they're found. We're to proclaim the gospel. We're to teach them. We're to teach them. It's one of the most important things that we do. 90% of all decisions for God are made as children. It's why Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he must become a child. Would you join me in making it your mission to ensure that we teach kids? It's not just the people in our church who wear blue shirts. It's all of us who wear shirts because we've all been covered with the blood of Christ and we're called to teach kids about Jesus. The world's gonna make your child crazy. Jesus is gonna teach your child how to be sane. Last point, it's our job as a church to make sure the people of God are loved, right? Parties make us nervous because people judge us. Community groups are we put people, where people love us as we are. They love us for who we are and where we are. Community group isn't about you and your friends. Community group is about you and Jesus's friends. Hang out with whoever you want. Work wherever you want. But when it's in the name of Jesus, you love and care for the people he wants you to love and care for. And if you're picking those people, Jesus hasn't picked those people. And let me just say this, so many of you who are just overwhelmed with anxiety, as long as your life is about you, anxiety will own you. But when you take your attention and focus off yourself and you say, I'm gonna love others, with the love of Jesus, Jesus owns you. And then anxiety has no hold on you. No hold on you. Jesus is gonna release you from the burden and anxiety that comes from a self-centered, life and he's going to transform you from a self-centered life listen to me into a centered life because you are not stable enough but God is God is I want to pray for you right now that the Lord would just bless you And you would begin to change your life away from you and to Jesus. And right now, you would say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to help Sandals proclaim the gospel? How do you want me to help Sandals teach the children? How do you want me to help Sandals care and love for the people who've come here, not to be judged, but to be loved? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that you would just begin to speak through us take the attention off ourselves and help us to put it on our calling and help us right now, God, to say, how can I partner with Sandals to ensure the gospel is preached so that people may believe? How can I right now work so that Sandals can teach children in whom they've believed? And how can I right now, God, be a part of a community group to love on people whom you love? Convict me right now, Lord Jesus. Move the attention off myself and on my calling. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Pastor Matt gave us a few challenges that that I want to highlight a few of these for us. He talked about sharing the gospel, something that we're supposed to be doing. One of the ways that you can help others get away from the world's news is to share with them the good news. Who do you know that needs to hear a message like this? I know you know someone. There are so many people that are struggling with anxiety and security and need healing, and this message very well could be the catalyst for their healing. Or maybe you have listened to this message, but you don't know where to start the healing process yourself. I wanna let you know that if you don't have a place where you can be real, then it will be very difficult to heal. Community groups, which we offer both online and in person, are what can help you move out of isolation towards being free from anxiety and being cared for as one of God's people. You can find out more about how to get into a group and how to start right in the growth path on Sandals Church app. I hope you got something to eat and drink because we are going to receive communion together as an online campus and a San Church Anywhere community. You know, the word community is actually in the word communion. So this conversation about, uh, about community goes perfectly with this experience that we are entering into. Now, before we participate, I, I need you to know that this is for those of you who have committed yourselves to Jesus and are followers of him. Communion, also known as the Lord's Supper, or sacrament, or the Eucharist, is a celebratory meal in which we remember what Jesus did for us over 2,000 years ago, so that we can be in right relationship with him. On the night before Jesus was crucified, he actually shared a meal with his 12 disciples. This meal we're about to take. Now before I talk about what Jesus said and, and how we're gonna participate in a similar way as Jesus and the disciples did, I have to remind everybody what Paul talked about in Corinthians, that, that before we take up the bread and drink the cup, that we should actually examine ourselves. This is where, where we think about where our heart is and what's going on in our heart. Just as Pastor Matt mentioned, it, it, it's a heart issue, and our heart needs to look like Jesus. Let's all take a few moments right now and take inventory and take time to think about what's going on in our heart and where we need to look like Jesus. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "'This is my body, which is for you. "'Do this in remembrance of me.'" So take your bread or whatever you have to eat and take, this represents the body of Jesus Christ broken for you, eat. And in the same way, he also took the cup after the meal, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant, it's because of his blood that uncovers who we are and covers our sin. Do this in remembrance of me, drink. This represents the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for you and me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for dying for us. What king removes himself from the throne so that he can save the people that are against him? And that is exactly what you did. Lord, you came here, died on the cross for us, took away our sins so that we can be in this relationship with you. And then not only that, but you you rose from the dead. Thank you for that. Thank you for empowering us with the Holy Spirit. Father, which which, because of who you are and what you did, Father, we have victory. And we can do what you've called us to do in this life, this really difficult, tough life that we are living. So Father, we praise your name and we give you glory, dear God, that all of us, a part of Sandals Church Online and our Sandals Church Anywhere, dear God, can be in communion right now together, powered by the Holy Spirit. Man, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that today, then I want you to get ready to worship. A couple of months ago, the staff at St. Louis Church got together for a staff meeting and a praise and worship session broke out. I'm telling you guys, it was off the chain. We are going to let you in on that moment and I want you to lean in, come on now. I want you to sing out and maybe even stand up and declare that it is because of the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice that makes you victorious. And not only that, but it is him who is with you and surrounds you. Let's worship together.
2: At the name of Jesus, demons flee. At the name of Jesus, blind eyes are open. At the name of Jesus, the lame can walk. At the name of Jesus, sin must go. At the name of Jesus, I believe it's in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus.
0: There is power
2: in the name of Jesus. Can you help me say, break everything. Come on. Lean in. Yeah, Come on, sing it out. Oh, there is power. Of Jesus, we believe there is power in the name of Jesus. I need a miracle to break every chain break every chain break every chain every addiction is broken break every chain break every chain break every chain porn addiction is broken to break every chain break every chain break every alcohol addiction is broken yeah to break every chain break every chain break every
0: Don't let this moment stay right here. Take this message and live it out this week. Take this communion experience and let it saturate your spirit. Take this worship and use it as a weapon for whatever battles will come your way this week. Sandals Church, I love you. Have a wonderful week, and I better see you right back here soon.